I'm this podcast called Chest Samaritan, and we are in Los Angeles um, at Homeboy, Homegirl organiza Industries organization. Well, uh, um, these people that are sitting with me, a lot of them against her, their will. <laughs> they took to convince him to do. I'm gonna be sharing a little bit more about that, and, and like I was explaining to to them, this podcast is is, is about people that are not just um, famous on on social media with thousands of followers talking about social justice and how to help uh, people that are left in the margins but it's it's about those that are not necessarily famous even though homeboy homegirl is is extremely famous um, but also to hear inside voices from the organization because uh, most most um, most people that hear about homeboy or homegirl knows about father Boyle um, who hasn't heard about him. So I'm going to let, um, I, w I would say our, our guests, but I'm a guest here because we are right now <laughs> at the offices. So if each one of you can introduce yourself before I start sh shouting, uh, throwing questions at you, at you and what, who you are and what do you do here? Okay, my name is Trisha Williams and um, I'm an employment specialist with um, the Workforce Development Department. Smith, and I'm a navigator here at Homeboy. And I'm Emma Shap, and I am the Workforce Development Associate here at Homeboy. Well, thank you so much, y'all. So, who can share a brief summary of what Homeboy um, is about? Come on, navigators. <laughs> <laughs> and also, right. since you're there, you can explain what, <laughs> what a navigator does. So, one word sums up homeboys, but I'll go a little bit more into it, but hope. Hope would be like the, the number one thing that, that I think explains what homeboy industries is, because prior to a lot of us coming here, you know, we don't even think that people or places like this exist. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us are under the impression that because of our past choices, because of, you know, our whole lifestyle, that, you know, records, stuff like that, that you know, we can't be hired certain places. We can never have careers. Uh, we can never get education. We can't go to college. You know, there's a lot of things that uh, we don't have knowledge of until until you come to this building. And um, one of the key factors here is that you have homies helping homies here. Mm. So it's one thing to be able to tell someone what they can do. It's a different thing to watch someone that comes from what you come from doing what you're trying to accomplish. So I think that that's the magic of this place is being able to see other homies that come from your struggle, um, that have been through the things that you've been through, that have made the decisions and, and choices and mistakes that you've made. And you see them as great fathers, great mothers. You see them college educated, uh, high school graduates. Um, just so many things that, that we do here. But I think that that's the magic of this place. And then we also have a heart in this building. You know, you have a lot of organizations that are doing the best with what they have, but this building has a heart, which will be probably greater. So you're a navigator. What does that exactly So it's kind of like, like the title sounds. Um, pretty much what I do is I help trainees when they come in. That's what we call them. Homies and homegirls that come in and enroll in our 18-month program. Pretty much I 
when the trainee comes in, they'll sit down with the case manager. Mm -hmm. The case manager and navigator are paired. And what, what they'll do is they'll sit down with the case manager and the case manager will go over whatever their specific needs are. If they have substance abuse issues, if they're trying to get their children back, if they have uh, anger issues, domestic violence, any of their, their needs or things that they need to take care of, they'll sit down with the case manager and they'll set out a plan for them. Mm -hmm. Pretty much what the navigator does is helps them execute those plans. So pretty much what we do is we walk with them through their process of, you know, changing into this, to this way of living, into normal society. If they need to go to class, sometimes if it takes kind of an extra push or whatever, whatever they need. But then we also represent that hope in you right. because the majority of us, or all of us, are ex-offenders, ex-gang members, ex-addicts, like, so... You know, we also have to have a certain type of walk as well. Do you do you re do you guys reject any background here, or everybody's welcome to try? I would say the actually the worst off your mm -hmm. background is, the more qualified you are for this program, <laughs> and that's the difference. <laughs> totally back, totally different than the system that we live in. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just it's completely the opposite. If you actually come in here and you're too polished, or you, you don't have a gang record, you don't have any substance abuse issues, you don't have tattoos covering you, if you don't have anything going on, then what they're going to say is that we believe you can find a job somewhere else. Mm. You're employable, so that's when they may send you, or oh, why well, do this, I'll send them to treatment. So, and, and this office where you work is, is outside says the workforce? Okay, you want to? So, workforce the, development. So, um, we work with community clients. As well as the trainees, so um, start off with the trainees. The trainees, we start working with them, I guess, around six to eight months before they start, before they graduate. We put them in trainings, internships. So it's a process of graduation here? Yes. So they graduate after their 18 months. It's considered a graduation because they complete the program. Um, and again, we work putting them in interns, internships, trainings. Um, the bakery, which we have a 2.5, the bakery, the cafe, merchandise, HBR, which is homeboy recycling, so they all can get experience before getting out there in the real world. Do you, I saw, I saw, I did see the, the bakery. Uh, do you also do the merchandising here? Mm -hmm. Yes, we also have like a couple of trainees in there. Um, they do like a six week interval, like so they rotate after six weeks, they go to different businesses. So we have like maybe two or three in merchandise. We have about probably 10, cafe, 10, bakery, maybe more. HBR probably has the most, maybe 15. Um, but again, they're getting experience and skills. So and, and now, before we started recording, you didn't want to talk, but then your co-workers shared how important your role is. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what exactly your role? So I, I work with the trainees again when they um, when they're getting ready to graduate, six months to eight months in before they graduate, sending them to trainings, um, internships, the businesses. We also work with other entities like Goodwill because they pay for the trainings. Um, so you have connections with different organizations that, that 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 also help to empower. Exactly. Yes. 
DOR, DOR, which is Department of um, Rehabilitation, um, Voc Rehab. So yeah, we, we refer them out as well while still on the clock here. And they're able to go to trainings and still be paid to the homeboys. Okay, now let's go to you. <sighs> Bringing the microphone close to you. Oh boy, okay. You didn't want to laugh. <laughs> so, what, what is your, uh, what more de detail, de detailing, oh, I'm forgetting my English. Every, every time every time I spend a little bit of time with Spanish, my English just <laughs> disappears. Uh, a little bit more detail of, of what you do. Yeah, so I am actually a year-long volunteer here at Homeboy. So I am part of a program called the Jesuit Volunteer Corps which is a year of service program. So I started here in August and I will be here through the end of July. So, so as a year volunteer, so you signed up for that or everybody, anybody could be a volunteer? How does that work? So it's postgraduate service. So after completing college, um, volunteers can come and they're placed all over the world, mostly in the United States, my program specifically, but they are in some other countries as well. So through the application process, I got paired here at Homeboy um, and I actually started in a different department and then transitioned over to our, our workforce development department. And here I work with our trainees and community clients on any sort of employment assistance, um, whether that be resume writing, connecting them to employers, preparing them for mock interviews, um, things like that. Uh, I also help with our solar panel training program. We have an awesome solar panel training program where our trainees and community clients can learn about solar panel installation and Homeboy covers the cost of that. So we've had some success in that program as well. Um, but I just kind of do whatever the team needs me to do, whether that be meeting with community clients or assisting our trainees who are closest to graduation in um, f completing their resumes or connecting them to employers. Um, just kind of being a support as they transition out of Homeboy and hopefully into a stable career. So you, you all are pretty busy here. Um, <laughs> see, let's see if, um, if if you if you can answer this question. Because something that got my so I have I have two kids, two of them with disabilities, and one of the things that got my attention as soon as I come in is that you have people in wheelchairs working here, um, which is also something that you don't see very often anywhere. Um, so is is that an intentionality or how, how does that work? Who can speak to that? Well, I mean, they're, they're homies, and, um, and a lot of them that are in wheelchairs are there because of gang activity. So, I mean, I, I, I personally think that they're a, a perfect example of kind of what you want to have around because that shows the reality. Some of, there's some homies that have been doing this gang banging and, and running the streets for years and have never been shot. Huh. Um, something about being shot and then having permanent damage behind it like losing mobility mm -hmm. is a reality check especially for like a youngster that's coming in and his older homies are only telling him you know the euphoric parts about gangbang like lowriders and females and music and selling drugs and making money and all of that stuff like when you first start gangbanging nobody tells you like, okay, you're gonna probably end up in prison for the rest of your life, or you're gonna more than likely end up dead or in a wheelchair, or you know, like things like that. That's not in the, in the description when you first start. So you're under this impression that 
you're coming into this new family, this new world where things are going to be better than your current situation. And for younger, because we have a lot of youngsters that come through this program, so for them to be able to see the reality of that, like where this stuff can really lead, mm -hmm. the, the real possibilities of being in the streets, like I think it's a great thing to have them around. But they're hired because they're homies, and they need need us more so than anybody. And so have you, because uh, you, you have a lot of um, former gangsters here, right? So have you, how's, have, let's see if I can frame the question. Um, do you have, so I, my guess is that at some points you have people from, uh, they, they belong to different gangs, uh, or gang members to different groups. So how, how is that relationship once the transition here? Is there still that um, some sort of rivalry, rivalry between them? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the middle of YouTube. It seems like both of you had something <laughs> there to share. Um, so that's the magic of this building, too. And of course, you know, when you get people that are first coming in or even first trying this way of life, mm -hmm. that you're just now for the first time challenging their belief system. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to have like certain issues with each other or, um, or they'll be looks or, you know, they, you know, they're going to deal with each other at first. Like, okay, I want to change, but I'm not working with him. Like you'll have that type of stuff at the beginning, but 99.99% of the time within a month or so, those end up being the closest of homies in the building. Wow. Mm -hmm. Because what you find out is that, and this has happened to me as of right now, I have about eight people in this building that are from like worst enemy rival gangs from the beginning. And what happens when you come here is, is you realize that we're all the same. We're in the same boat. Mm -hmm. This person is not a Martian, he's not an alien or nothing like that. Like, that's how we're bred to believe that this person is the worst person on the planet. You, you can't deal with this person, but nobody ever gives you a reason other than a color or uh, an area why you can't be around this person. So, we just bite into it and, and start taking on that, that belief system. But when you get to meet them and the outside factors are out of the way and you're face to face with this person, you're seeing this person every day, you're gonna eventually realize that this person is no different than you. There's actually nothing that separates you from this person. And then you find a commonality in it. And it always happens. Those end up being like your best friends here, your drugs and buddies in here, who would be your worst enemy. Yeah. And it's just like, you, we're here for the same thing. So it's like, let's work together basically I mean leave it at the doorstep to me coming here was like the most I, I've been to so many places where I wasn't welcome like you come to home where you welcome like dang like the kinship they say mm -hmm. it's like the best thing here um they welcome you at the front door those in the front and in the wheelchair they the best people to welcome mm -hmm. you in here so it's like I don't know it's just no place like home that part. <laughs> yeah. oh I like that so <laughs> so and, and let me go around with this question so do you choose so do you came here so you just you choose to volunteer here right mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I chose to participate in a volunteer program. And, and through this selection, um, it was a mutual, like, they wanted me and I wanted them. Why, why do you want it, them? I have just always been inspired by this place. Um, and the second I got here, I felt that kinship that Trika and Jermaine were just speaking about. Like, even though I'm from across the country and haven't experienced many of the things that our trainees have, I, they welcomed me with such open arms. Um, and it's been such a wonderful, wonderful experience and a wonderful blessing to work here every day. Um, and kind of even like talking about rival gangs, like people might look at me and think of me differently, but the reality of it is um, they, they don't and they welcome me so beautifully. And I had an experience with a trainee once where I was just kind of talking about things that I was struggling with and things that um, were painful to me. And he said, I know that you haven't experienced most of the things that I have and you'll never really understand them, but I do know that when you talk or when I talk about pain, you know what I'm what I am experiencing because you've opened up to me yourself. And I think that's the beauty of this place is it's such such a focus on connection and that community rather than the differences between us, um, which is really beautiful and really welcoming. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. So, why, why, why are you here? Why are you working here? Wow. That was amazing. So, it's hard to... I know, right? <laughs> hey, not that one. Um, no, no, right. she, 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 she also didn't want to talk, but it seems like she yeah. rehearsed that, that, that question. Yeah. <laughs> she rehearsed that question, it seems like. It was really good. Well, I've worked in this field like probably over 15 years now. Um, started... Here, at a work store. No, or not in this particular at Homeboys, but um in this field of work. Uh, Just helping people. How long have you been here at Homeboy? Three years. Three years. Maybe. August will be three years. So um I just love helping people. Like my story um grew up in a crack house. Everybody on crack. Um lived in a shelter with my son. Just a whole bunch of stuff that went down with my life. And um after I got in a shelter, that's when I felt like, oh something I want to do. I want to be able to get back and help. And went in a program, working as a, I'm going to say like a volunteer almost like mm -hmm. how Emma was doing, and got hired. And worked at that organization for seven years before I left. And then I was like, I still want to keep doing this. Worked on Skid Row for three years. And then um, after I left there, I worked in recovery, a couple of recovery places. Then I came to Homeboy. So it just, um, I have a passion to help people. I love working with others and helping them as much as I can because I was helped when I was going through it. So it's just something I love to do. So were you, um, do you choose to work at Homeboy or you were looking for different options? No, I wanted to work at Homeboy. I, the crazy part how it happened was I put in an application like <laughs> months and months ago. Not even an application. I had just kind of like applied for the job and um, nobody called. But then I knew somebody who was working here, and they were like, well, let me see what I can do. And then I got an interview. But of course, you get interviewed like by five folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went to like five interviews, and I finally got in. So, <laughs> so I love it. And ever since, I've been like, it's a blessing. I don't even like missing work. So it's mm -hmm. like, my boss is like, you got to um, wow. take some vacation time or something. <laughs> I come to work and leave Like if I got appointments. like I love being here. It's just a I'm pretty sure you you, you all have like um, a lot of um, 
difficult moments here, but it seems like you have like a good working environment. Right. <laughs> it's kind of almost like how I, how I um, work. Like it's, it's just not right if I don't get no some type of right. something going on, you know. So you, are you all like your your own support group? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, hey. I'm more of a pest for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every day I make a round to come by here with whatever little time that I have. So in Germany, how, how did you end up here? Um, I ended up here as a trainee in the program, um, coming out of uh, rehabilitation home. How, how long was that? How long ago? That was in 2013. Okay. And um, I, was, I wasn't even aware of this building existing. I didn't know anything about Homeboy Industries. And um, while I was in treatment for myself, there was a young kid that came in and like this young kid was rough, like really rough, he was 18. Um, no one wanted to deal with this kid because he was like really aggressive, but was just angry, man. And um, I ended up telling the, the guy at the front desk like, hey, I'll take that youngster in with me, put him in my room. And um, it happened to be this kid's birthday. Oh, wow. And nobody really knew because he wouldn't even tell anybody that he was so damaged, man, and so hurt and broken. And, and uh, so young. Like. And so I found out it was his birthday. So not only did I have him moved in my room, when he moved in, he had like one outfit that was pretty old and beat up. And he had one pair of shoes that had holes in it and all this type of stuff. And it just it broke my heart. So I ended up buying him like five outfits and two pair of shoes while he was down in group and when he came back I surprised him with it and, uh, and he broke down and cried and like nobody had seen the side of this kid yet and when he broke down he cried and didn't understand why somebody would even do something for him and I understood that because that's what I come from so long story short his brother ended up being like uh, homeboy favorite here his name is Jose Ariano and uh, Jose Ariano ended up coming by the place and uh, he was like, why did you help my little brother like that? And I was like, it's my little brother and I know how he is mm. and nobody has ever done anything like that for us. Like, why did you do that for him? And I told him, because he's me. Like, I, I get that. I've been there. Like, you know, I grew up in foster care. So, I understood that, man. And it just shocked him so, so much. He was like, have you ever thought about, like, working to help do you mean I can get paid to help people? <laughs> 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 right, instead of paying. <laughs> uh. And I was like, nah, bro, you know, I'm just, I've always been like that. You know, it's just here. Mm. But um, anyway, he ended up bringing me to, to Homeboys. And uh, I came in as a trainee in the 18-month program. I lasted about a year. I was on my way to being a navigator again. And, um, like some, some pretty heavy stuff started happening that I still wasn't prepared for. I don't think I had done enough work at the time like I thought I did. And uh, my son, my, my eldest son, he ended up joining my neighborhood and getting into drugs and stuff like that, getting arrested and all of that. And it kind of, it made me feel like, how am I going to help somebody else if I can't help my own kid? Mm -hmm. So I just fell completely off, ended up reverting back to gang, gang, and full throttle. So 
uh, into treatment, came back um, after 90 days of treatment, and I kind of told them, like, hey, I'm not ready yet, man. They were like, no, no, you're going to be good. We got you. And I said, no, man, I'm not ready. I'm still really active. It turns up right now. So, you know, long story short, I ended up leaving again. And I took my, I checked myself into this treatment facility that was like a really strict, rough, structured program, no nonsense. And I stayed there for a year in treatment, and the lady hired me. So what I would do once I got hired on there is I would still come to homeboys and pick trainees up that had relapsed and take them out to that program for um, substance abuse. So I would be down here every couple weeks picking up homies, taking them to treatment out there with me. And just one day, the same person, Jose, ended up hitting me up like, hey, bro, like, we didn't expect you to leave forever, like, when you come <laughs> back, man. So he was like, man, we want you to be a navigator down here now. And he brought me back. So, I know, I know you guys are going to go back to work, so I have one, one last question for each one of you. And it's like, like I shared with you and like I shared at the beginning, um, the, the, goal, the goal of this podcast is to, to put um, more voices out there that are doing things for people. And because we, we have a lot of, because of social media, we have a lot of, I don't want to say fakers, but we have a lot of people who is making a life or a living out of how to change people's life, but they don't have a, a, a material proof that they have done it. They're good at what they say, but not at what they, um, and the way they live. So from, from your experience, uh, a homeboy, what, what is the message that you would like to put out? What is, what is the message from your personal perspective? Um, that you, you want people to hear about they, about Homeboy or what you learn from Homeboy? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's moving the microphone around, but the microphone is going <laughs> to end up on your corner. Yeah, so I just need a second. Like, hmm. um, so pretty much like what is the message that we want to put out about Homeboy? Is that anything's possible? Um, that there are second chances and that sometimes the, the demon eyes could be, you know, some of the best, like, human beings on the possible, mm. uh, on the planet. Like, I've, I've really seen, like, a lot of people who you would have thought were, like, the most rotten, evilest people on the planet, including myself, um, end up being the most loving, uh, forgiving, and and just overall good people that you'll ever come across and that you know nobody's exempt from doing this like everybody has everybody has a piece in this apartment you don't even have to come from this lifestyle kind of like Emma to still be involved in this we all reach a, a certain level to where maybe a homie can't take it, you know but outside people that do know what's next can do it like we have Brittany and um uh, and curriculum she gets homies in to complete their GEDs, their high school diplomas, and sends them to college, stuff like that. So, you know, don't demonize anybody. Like, get to know that person because you never know what they came from. And homies are, like I said, some of the most, like, loving and, like, just good people out there. Thank you. Shrika? Um, 
I guess mine would be just um, give yourself a chance. You come a homeboy. I mean, there's so many services to take advantage of, and we have some that don't really take advantage of it. And I understand some people are not quite ready, but it's like trusting yourself and taking advantage of the programs and work on yourself, and and you will see that you can move further along if you do. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway that I'm going to take from this place and this experience is that it doesn't have to be any anything big or extravagant and change doesn't happen overnight, but just doing the small steps that you can every day to be a better lover and be more caring to the people around you is what's going to change the world. Um, so just, just uh, I think the root of of the human experience is suffering and recognize that we're all suffering in some way so just to be more gentle with ourselves and with each other um, to build community and kinship. Well, you have a speaker right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Emma, Rika, Jermaine, I wanted to thank you so much for taking time, um, unexpected time out of your job because I didn't schedule this. I just want to take advantage when I, when I saw um, what is going on here? I, I read again. I read about this. Um, I heard Father Boyle talking many, many times, but seeing this in person was uh, shocking. And we had a tour with Michael, and he was sharing his story. And I'm like, oh, what the crap? <laughs> How is this even possible? And starting talking to people, and it's this is this is a life-giving um, experience, and this place is amazing. And thank you so much, guys, for, for giving me this time. And thank you for, for the listeners. This is Fede Apesena from Just Samaritans from Homeboy, Los Angeles. Thank you. <laughs>